and welcome back to A Pagan Heart in Maine. Today I'm going to be doing a Keeping It Real newscast. And I wanted to touch on three different news stories and my opinion of them. So today's show is going to be formatted a little different, and it is going to be rated PG and possibly R. To start us out today, here's Abney Park with Thorns and Brambles.
I had a hard time figuring out how I wanted to do this show. And the reason is I really do like my show, to be a way to escape from our everyday chores and be able to relax and recenter after a long month. Well, this month had some news to it that I had a comment about. So I don't really have a story to share, but because of the nature of the news stories, I did want to give you all an idea of where I'm coming from when I'm talking about them. First of all, if you sit and watch the news for any length of time, you can get the impression that the world is a pretty horrible place and that we're all spinning out of control. This is a flawed perspective that the media fosters because, frankly, we, as a race, seem to enjoy watching disasters. Lots of people watch car races, not to see people drive in a circle, but to watch them crack up. But if you watch the news too long, it will hurt you. Politics. I hate politics. Religious politics, family politics, government. I treat all politics and politicians like I do raw chicken. If you work with raw chicken, you have to wash your hands before doing anything else. If you don't, you'll get sick. Politics are the same way. Wash your hands before you do anything else, or it will contaminate you and you will get a stomachache. Think of it as a mustard stain. You have to get that political mustard stain off of you before it sets. Or the next thing you know, you end up like Donald Sutherland at the end of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, running up and down the streets, shouting at people to listen to you, that monsters are trying to take over the world, and they look like you and me. And yes, I'm comparing most politicians to alien monsters trying to take over the world. If you want to classify me, I would probably be a libertarian. I believe in small local government because I know that the selectman who lives on my street has more of an interest in what goes on in our neighborhood than the idiots in Washington, D.C. When I vote for president, I always vote for the lesser of two evils and the person that I think is going to hurt our nation the least. Don't misunderstand me. I still think of both candidates as evil and that whoever we end up voting for ends up hurting our nation in some way. One of the stories today involves gay rights. And my perspective is as a straight heterosexual. I love women. I can't help it. Since puberty, women have just fascinated the hell out of me. And the best thing is, is I caught myself a good one. Or she caught me. It's all kind of fuzzy how all that went down. A few times in my life I've been accused of being gay. And the funniest time was back in high school. I was a member of the drama club in our school's theatrical company. Of course, one of the jocks wearing a school football jersey called me a rather derogatory term for being gay just because I was part of the class. And of course it hurt. And the jocks laughed and slapped each other on the ass and headed off for the community showers after playing with each other out in the grass field. While I headed off to my drama class, where I was the only boy in a class of 25 beautiful young women wearing short skirts, black tights, and capizios. Yeah, I knew exactly how I was wired from a young age. So this is just to share a little more about who I am as a person, and I'll be back in a few minutes.
And that was Jenna Green with Acceptance. I'm going to share three stories that have been in the news. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail because many of you already know the stories. The first news story took place right here in my home state of Maine. Back in May, the state of Maine passed a law giving equal marriage rights to gay and lesbian couples to marry. At the beginning of this month, the people of Maine voted to take those rights away. And that pisses me off. By the way, did I mention that this podcast is going to be rated PG and maybe R? It takes a lot to get me upset. A hell of a lot. And what I watched on election night actually made me sick. When the final numbers came in, I saw that those who voted to take away the rights of a group of American citizens, cheering and smiling and shaking hands and shouting with joy. Yay, we took away people's rights because they're different than we are. Yay, won't our Fuhrer be proud? Hail Hitler. And yes, I compare these people to Nazis. I had several listeners write to me and ask what I thought about all of this, and that's the reason for this podcast today. So here's the keeping it real. The people who voted to take away the rights of gay citizens did so for these reasons. Hate, bigotry, and fear. Period. They say it was not about hate, yet what else could it be? It was not about religion. It was about equal rights. It took me a long time to find my soulmate, and we enjoy all the rights afforded to us under American and state laws. What these people are saying is that if your soulmate happens to share the same sexual apparatus as you do, that you can't have the same rights. It's all about the hate. They say, what about our children? If we let gays have equal rights, they'll be teaching gay lifestyles in school. We have to protect our children. Well, I guess they only mean protecting the children of non-gay parents. And let me be clear about something. Being gay is not contagious. I have never walked down the street and seen two men holding hands and gone, Oh no, great, now I'm gay. They made it sound like that if the vote passed, that all of a sudden every place would sell out of assless chaps and feather boas, and the quaint New England streets would be filled with the sights and sounds of gay festival. By the way, I would pay to see that. But you know what? That wouldn't have happened. Because gay people are just like straight people. They're my neighbors. They're people I work with every day. They're my friends. They live their lives and love their partners as I love my wife. And there is nothing wrong with that. What kind of monsters would judge a person just on that? So what about the children of gay couples? What about the children who grew up to be gay? Obviously, these people don't care about them. So I've been a little upset about this. Now, don't get me wrong. As a citizen of the U.S., you have the right to vote however you want. And as an individual, you have to justify only to yourself why you vote the way you vote. If you voted to strip the rights of Americans just because they're different than you, fine. I disagree with you. But that's my right and yours. But as much as it upset me, it is the groups who supported taking away these rights that really pissed me off. 
Remember, this is not about religion. Yet fundamentalist groups definitely wanted to make it about religion. And then we have the Roman Catholic Church, who took the money from their people and instead of helping the poor and needy, used their money for an anti-gay political campaign. And that brings me to a related news story from down in Washington, D.C. The Catholic Archdiocese of Washington told the District of Columbia that it would end its social service contracts to help the city's needy if it passes a proposed same-sex marriage bill this next month. Now, the bill wouldn't require the church to perform or provide space for gay marriages, but it would require, but it would require it to obey laws banning discrimination against gays and lesbians. So basically what they're saying is they're going to take away social service contracts because they cannot discriminate against gays and lesbians. Again, let me be clear. Our children have had more to fear from Catholic priests than any gay person I have ever met. And how could we forget that this is the wonderful organization that brought us the Crusades and the Inquisition? Of all the groups we do not want influencing political decisions here in America, the Catholic Church ranks right at the top. So I have a treat for you. In the next segment, I'm going to return to my roots and preach a small sermonette. To my Christian friends that listen to the show, I know you'll understand where I'm coming from. To my pagan friends, you're free to skip over or listen. Either way, there are people who do not listen to this show who should hear this message. And I encourage all of you to share it with them. So hold on to your hats. After the break, Brother Bob's a-preaching. Fountains of knowledge 
Jennifer Avalon with Third Planet from the Sun. And welcome back. This is a message I'd like all people to hear, and even though I'm couching this in a biblical lesson, there are principles that people from all faith can benefit from. So this short message is just titled, What Does It Mean to Be a Christian? Let's pray. Lord God of Abraham, Give your children a spirit of wisdom and understanding. Please let my words be taken and meant in the spirit in which they're intended. In your name we pray. Amen. I'll be reading from my Thompson Chain Reference Bible, King James Version. Acts 1, verse 9. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Matthew 10, 8-14 And as ye go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses, nor script for your journey, neither two coats, neither shoes, nor yet staffs. For the workman is worthy of his meat. And in whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it, and if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. What does it mean to be a Christian? The simple part is accepting Jesus into your life. Then it gets harder. And I think that many Christians have forgotten or been misled into what being Christ-like 
is all about. First look inward. Being a Christian is having a personal relationship with God. The Bible gives you wisdom and knowledge to help you in your personal walk with the Lord. These verses are to help you in your personal life, in your personal journey. And there is a great deal of wisdom in this book. Yet most of these verses are to help you as an individual live your life for the Lord, not to force your way of living on others. Now I'm going to go directly to the next area. Outwardly, what does it mean to be a Christian? And we find that in what is called the Great Commission in Acts 1.9. But ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So what does that mean? It means that God has given you power to become witnesses for him and spread the good news of the gospel. Outside your personal walk with Christ, this is the greatest responsibility you have as a Christian. And he tells you how to do it, first in Jerusalem, meaning your home and hometown, then into Judea, your state, then into Samaria, the surrounding areas, and into the uttermost parts of the earth. You start at home and spread out, preaching the gospel. And it's not just up to the priest, but is commanded of every person who calls themselves a Christian. And then we go through the next set of verses in Matthew 10, ending with, And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. And if it not be worthy, let your peace return unto you. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when ye depart out of the house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Now you see, this is important, because this is where Jesus says, after you preach the gospel, shut the hell up. Now, of course, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure that in the King James English, it would be something like, shutteth the helleth upeth. Yet, I'm positive that the translating scholars felt that wiping your feet off at the door couldn't possibly be misinterpreted. Now, this is important. It is not the purpose of a Christian to save souls. I'm going to say that again. Christians do not save souls. That is not the Christian's job. The Christian's job is to preach the good news of Christ and then get out of the way. The job of saving souls belongs to the Holy Spirit. Preach the gospel, then shutteth the hell upeth. I'm always amazed at the street preachers yelling, repent, be saved, standing on the street corners, shouting through their Bibles, and chasing more people from their Lord. If you act like a crazy person, the only other people you will attract are other crazy people. This is not the mission God laid out for you. A few weeks ago, our family went to the Old Country Buffet for breakfast on a Sunday morning. While we were there, there was a busload of people who came in and ate breakfast. After they ate, they all stood up in a restaurant aisle and sang a wonderful hymn. It was very beautiful and well done. It was also one of the rudest and inconsiderate actions I've witnessed in a long time. After singing, they left very quickly. And I'm sure when they went back to their bus, they were very excited and happy because they were able to, quote, witness, unquote, to all of us. Let me tell you what I witnessed. 
The waiters and work staff were mortified. The people sitting at the tables were of two mindsets. Many were talking and making fun of the wackos singing in the restaurant. The rest were talking about how rude they were. So if their job was to turn people away from their God, mission accomplished. Let me just say, most of the people there on a Sunday morning were there to get all-you-can-eat sausage and scrambled eggs. If they wanted to hear hymns, they would be in church on a Sunday morning. Shutteth the hell uppeth. It is not the will of God to force your will on others in his name. Jesus did not do that. He did not say, take away people's rights if they don't believe as you do. He did not say, get involved in politics. In fact, the one time recorded that politics entered the church, Jesus drove the money changers out of the temple. So what do you want to do if you want to be like Christ? You find that in Matthew 22, 35 through 40. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all of the law and prophets. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Treat them as you would want to be treated. That means all of your neighbors. Then shutteth the hell up. Now Jesus hung out with some pretty seedy people. He just shared the words of the Father. He did not judge them. He did not force them to believe what they believed. He did not become like them by hanging around with them. He was in the world, but not of the world. The choice of becoming a Christian and living by Christian ideals is up to the individual and not up to you. Today's churches have become filled with the legalist actions of Pharisees and the false righteousness of Sadducees, and not enough of those who should be more like Christ. This lesson applies to all of us, Christian, pagan, and other. Love deity. Love your neighbors as yourselves. Shutteth the hell up it. Let's pray. Deep peace of the running wave to you. Deep peace of the flowing air to you. Deep peace of the quiet earth to you. Deep peace of the shining stars to you. Deep peace of the Son of Peace to you forever. And we now return you to your regularly scheduled Pagan Podcast.
that was S.J. Tucker with Go Away, God Boy. The third story concerns a shooting at Fort Hood. And I wanted to talk about this because of my initial reaction and what it told me. When I heard of the shooting down in Fort Hood, I just shook my head. That was horrible. And then when I heard the shooter's name, my first reaction was, Ah, okay, I get it now. And then I thought, wow. I just immediately connected this guy's name to the religion with a horrible crime he committed. And that was wrong. But why did I do that? There are radical elements of Islam that have taken over the religion. And this is what we hear in the news all the time. Radicals killing people. Did his religion make him kill? No. Did he kill people because of his religion? In his mind, he might have. So I guess let me tie this all together. People have used religious beliefs to justify evil for a very long time. There are many Christian leaders who are teaching their people that hate is what God wants. That God wants us to discriminate against people and hurt and destroy anyone who doesn't believe what they do. And this applies to us pagans as well. I'm sure that there are many people who were tossed into an angry volcano just because they ticked off the religious leader at the time. Religion is just an excuse to people who commit and preach evil. So now that I've ranted for a while, let me share what I know. Over half the people who voted here in Maine for whatever reason voted to take away rights for gay couples. Yet, almost half the people who voted voted to let gays keep those rights. And many of those people were straight. Many of them were born-again Christians and Catholics, as well as other faiths. It took a long time for women to have the same rights as men and for blacks to have the same rights as whites. And some could easily and rightly argue that those battles still continue. And it's the same with gay rights. It will continue, and eventually gays will have the same rights as the rest of the nation, because we will continue to grow, and love and light will grow. We just have to keep at it and stay strong. My feelings about the Catholic Church I look at the Roman Catholic Church here in America as a dinosaur. And what I mean by that is a huge lumbering beast with limited thinking capacity that is slowly dying because it cannot adapt to its changing environment. I'm not speaking of individual Catholics, but of the Archdiocese as a whole. There are many good Catholic people who are lost right now because they see that the Church is not doing the work of their Lord. Many I've spoken with will never give another cent to the church because of their actions. And fewer people are entering the priesthood and the churches are dying off. I would recommend to my Catholic friends, if you cannot give to the church, that you would still honor the Lord by giving to organizations who help the poor directly. The local food bank and food kitchens, toys for tots, organizations that provide clothing for the needy. And don't give up on your faith just because the Holy Fathers can't hear you because they have their heads shoved so far up there. <laughs> well, I digress. What Hassan did down in Fort Hood was a terrorist crime and a religious crime in his eyes. But he's just a murderer who used his religion as an excuse. To my Muslim friends who embrace peace and love, 
Don't let the radical elements of your faith continue to control your faith. If your imams are teaching intolerance and violence, report them to the authorities. Make your faith one of peace. Help to erase the scar that extremist thinking has left on religion. I guess what I'm trying to say out of all of this is that as a race, we are still growing. And as, as a religious race, we are still growing. Christian, pagan, and Muslim. We can't let the crazy, hate-filled people who claim our faiths to use it as a reason to harm others and to take away the lessons of love and tolerance that we so strive for. And I guess that's really all I wanted to say.
that was Peace Now with Gaia Consort. I want to give a shout out to all my podcasts out there, and there are so many great podcasts out there. And I want to ask all of you to go over to vote at Podcast Alley for your favorite podcasts. You can vote now, and a new month is starting, so you can go back in a couple days and vote again. It really does make it easier for others to find our shows, and you can also find links to all these shows and Podcast Alley links over at my website, www.paganheartandmain.com, at the podcast for the Pagan Heart link at the top of the page. I also want to ask all of you to go over and vote for the Wiggling Way for the Podcast Awards at www.podcastawards.com. You still have time. Voting ends on the 30th of this month. Also, there is still time to vote for another Pagan podcast that I had forgotten to mention, called A Darker Shade of Pagan under the Podsafe music category. Jason has a great show featuring many bands from the Pagan Underground. So vote Darker Shade and vote Wiggling. As always, all music here on A Pagan Heart is used with permission of the artists. And the background music for today's show is from Diotinus. And they can be found at www.diotinus.com. Oh, and I did want to congratulate Dee over at Pagan FM. This past month, she received her first scathing letter from a listener. Congratulations. I still have not received any hate mail or scathing letter, 
But who knows after today's show? But you can find me on Facebook, MySpace, and BaconSpace.net as Grey Wolf Moonsong. And feel free to write me anytime. Nice letters are appreciated, but I don't mind a scathing letter now and then either. To close out today's show is Gaia Consort with Cry Freedom. And I really like the words to this song. Once the fact is clearly seen, there is no turning back for fairy tales or bloody dreams. If we do not speak our minds, the Inquisition has a test for each of us in time. And if it's up to us to bring some balance back, let it not be said, it's courage that we lack. Cry freedom. Until next time, brightest blessings.
sings the mystery of the all-expanding universe. Trust that brain behind your eyes to carve a space for us within the universal mind. And if it's up to us to bring some balance back, let it not be said it's courage that we lack. 